Guys, I get tired. I'm just pre-warning you. Okay, but also this is your fault. Yeah, you were 20 minutes late. I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) On my phone, I feel terrible that I was just sitting here like doom scrolling. I know. I was like, oh my God, I'm so worried. Where is she? I was like, did she fall in the shower? We were very close to calling Luke. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Disgust. Welcome to Sisters Not Saints, the podcast where we offer real-life advice from the sisters you've always wanted. Featuring two real-life sisters, Kristen and Megan, and two real-life sisters-in-law, Hillary and Zoe. Sisters Not Saints You might think they're saints, but they Some of them are sisters Two of them have sisters But there's one thing that's for certain It's their sisters Hey guys, I'm Megan. I'm Hillary. Kristen here. Zoe, still in Memphis. And still Zoe. But not for long. She'll be home soon. God, I can't wait. I miss you. <laughs> but knowing Zoe, she's just going to go get another job and leave I again. I won't let her. I'll slash no, her tires. I'm never going to work again. Never. Good. Thank God. Yeah. Just retire. It's about time. I'm ready. I'm ready to retire and live in an RV. How about becoming a podcaster full time? You can do that in an RV. Would you live in an RV? I would love to have an RV and travel in it. I don't think I want to live in an RV full time. Mm -hmm. So a little secret that a lot of people don't know about Kristen and I is we have both lived in RVs full time. We had a little experiment in minimalism and tiny living. Yes. We created a whole tiny living village of RVs. I say whole village. It was just two RVs. (laughs) (laughs) It was just the two of us on our dad's property. It's true. It started, I had a third baby in 2019. And after having the baby, I started having some health problems. So I started having seizures and the diagnosis was so out of the blue that I was told I couldn't be with my newborn alone. I couldn't go up and down the stairs with him. I couldn't be with him unsupervised. I couldn't hold him. I couldn't take baths. I couldn't bathe him. And so I had two kids in school with activities all over town. I had a new baby that I couldn't hold unsupervised. My husband was still working in the office every day at that point. Megan was still working. So all day, every day, it was just me and this baby, oh, and I couldn't drive either. I lost my license for six months at least. And they couldn't tell me with the first diagnosis, like when it first kind of became apparent that it was epilepsy, they couldn't tell me that this wouldn't happen again. So they were like, we'll try medicine, but we don't know. You know, it doesn't always work in some people. You may have seizures every day for the rest of your life, or this could be the last one. We just don't know. So Megan and I were in the hospital room, and I still remember the conversation. Yeah. Do you remember? I do. Because we, I was like, well, like, what am I going to do? I can't drive my kids anywhere. What do we do? And I said, I know exactly what we do, which <laughs> let me just start off this such by saying- Such a Megan thing I to know. say. I was going to say, I'm <laughs> such a planner, such an organizer, such a Virgo, that it's like, that's what I do. There's a problem. I spring into action. And I figure out the plan. And I said, I know what we're going to do. We're going to both- Sell our houses. We lived about 45 minutes. 40 from, minutes from our dad and yeah. stepmom. So I said, we're both going to sell our houses and we are going to use the money that we get from our houses and we are going to purchase RVs 
and we are going to move them onto dad's property and we are going to live on dad's property until this gets resolved. He has 15 acres. So yeah. when you say property, it's he had room for us. Yeah. But it was definitely like, wow, that's a that's a bold <laughs> proposition. It is. And it, but like at the time, it made sense for us because then we're on property. I'm available to help with the kids and driving. My dad is available to help with kids and driving. And so it just made sense. But yeah, you tell this to people and they're like, you sold your houses so, like, a couple of weeks after getting a big diagnosis. You sold your houses and moved into RVs, but we did. I was diagnosed October 1st, and my house was on the market October 17th, and we sold it. And we had RVs delivered, mm -hmm. and we set up a whole... Well, it was actually... There was a lot of work that had to be done to get the sites ready because yeah. it was a wooded lot where we put the RVs, mm -hmm. so we had to level it out. And we put it around this building because we knew having kids, I had three in one RV, having kids, they would need a place to play. So I wanted to have like a playroom for them. So we turned this building into a playroom and then also like a laundry room slash office because that was also right when the pandemic was starting. And so James was going to have to work from home. The kids were going to have to do school from home. So we, but we didn't, like a, we didn't even know that though at the time though, well, that the well, pandemic was starting. Well, then why did we have that office set up? Or maybe that was that was later. after. Okay. Yeah, we, we had, had it set playroom. up as a kid's playroom first. Right. Okay. Got it. Because we moved in. I moved into the RV December 1st, 2019. Right. You were a little bit later. Our house took longer to yeah. sell. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, because we didn't move mm -hmm. until March. Mm -hmm. We were in the house at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we have experience living in RVs and it is quite the experience. Megan, you don't really seem like an RV type of person. Have you seen our RVs? You saw pictures, right? Megan's yeah, RV is nicer than any house I've ever been in. <laughs> and our, mine was nice, too. Yeah, they were they were both super nice. It's not like you hear RV and you think like you're going to be roughing it. But it was no, it was nice. Mine had a whole no. sectional and it had two bedrooms, one of which was a bunk room. It had two bathrooms. That's it was big. really nice. It had a very nice kitchen. I felt like it was a nicer kitchen than I have in my house now. Yeah, really. And it had an outdoor kitchen with an outdoor TV. Hmm. And then we, they were like parked next to each other. So we would have, we had a fire pit in the middle and we had a table and we named the little village Tiny Town. Mm -hmm. And so we would have like Tiny Town parties and mm -hmm. Tiny Town barbecues and we would meet out by the fire pit twice a day. We would yeah. roll our little awnings in at the same time every night. Like it was just like a community. I could totally see where people are moving into these. Well, like And it happened at a time that like, so yeah, I moved into mine in December, your house, which you were living in dad's house, and then your house sold, you moved to tiny town in March, which you moved into your RV. And then that next weekend is when everything shut down. True, because it was like first week of March. And mm -hmm. then yeah, everything shut down. And everything shut down. So yeah, it was like, I, I don't know how long we would have lasted outside of a pandemic. But it was like for that start of the pandemic where everybody was home, nobody was working, kids weren't in school at all. It was like, just like, what a time to be alive. Mm -hmm. And it's like really everybody nice. was quarantined. So because we were on our dad's property, we had like our whole family there. It's true. So it was nice because we all just kind of quarantined together. We had a golf cart. We could just get around the property, zip around, and mm -hmm. go visit people. So we would make our little rounds with the kids and like go visit dad for a little while and then mm -hmm. go visit, you know, whoever was on the property. It sounds like you home. were just living on a resort. <laughs> it really, yeah. It, it felt like that actually. We lived in RVs on a big fancy <laughs> resort. <laughs> Okay, Megan, what did y'all do with the poop situation? Okay, so that is actually a very... So that's a very good question. It is, and it's a question that I think that we need to be a little bit delicate about. You moving think into, so? Yeah, because you just never know. So we... Delicate? 
all Wait, ex- why do we, we it sounds like to- you were doing something illegal um i'll ex- confirm or deny <laughs> <laughs> i'll explain the full story off podcast or you can just explain and cut it out okay we had full rv hookups installed down in tiny town mm-hmm. so if you go down to tiny town there's still like like if you wanted to bring a trailer out there you still could and have full rv hookups mm-hmm. hmm. there's electric hookups and sewer hookups and wow. water he had water installed electricity run we had concrete poured the driveway was installed to get down there mm-hmm and what else fancy redid the Um, that building like repainted the inside yeah repainted that one the interesting thing is you moved down there before i did you moved Mm. in the winter and you had some really hard times (laughs) down in the winter yeah because like in the rv you're just you're on propane is how like your rv is heated and in the winter you can blow through propane pretty quickly if you want to keep your rv heated because they're not like meant to live in 24 7 so it's mm-hmm. they're oh harder to keep i forgot cool, about having to, to go keep... get propane all the time yes so we have like propane tanks we would have to go fill up and you had to keep an eye on your propane because like they're small tanks for an rv it's not like a propane tank for your house so you have to keep an eye on it and make sure you don't run out of propane and one night like our coldest night of the year i ran out of propane <laughs> In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. And I only knew this because I woke up in the RV. I have like a thermostat in there. It was literally 35 degrees. Oh my God. <laughs> That's and so cold. I know. And so like I was like frozen. And it was like four o'clock in the morning. So I had to like walk up to dad's house. This was before Kristen was down there. I had to walk up to dad's house and like hang out in there until the morning. Yeah, it was just, um, it was a wild ride. And yeah, you had to dump your poop every week. Yeah, you had to know. And you definitely had times that if you left like the toilet lid up, mm-hmm. the fumes would come up through the thing. So you yeah. knew like when you had to, we had to do something to special to it, right? Like we had to do, yeah, you had to like kind of like, like mixture down in there to help it break down or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was a whole journey. It was a whole journey. Would you do it again? Yes. I would do it again now. We look back at that time fondly. And I don't know if it was because of the pandemic. It was just fun. You know, it was so simple because we sold, when I sold my house, I sold everything, most of the stuff I had in it. I just didn't have time. I was, I had already moved my kids' schools. I had moved to a different town. And so I didn't have time and I couldn't drive to go back and forth and pack everything. So Mm -hmm. I had to do it really quickly. And I just sold a bunch of stuff or got rid of it, donated it. We, I think our thought process is we thought we would be in the RVs for like a couple of years. That was the plan was like, let's do this for a year or two. And then, and and so like we literally yeah we sold everything except for anything that was sentimental we put into storage but we each just had like a small storage unit but yeah we sold like everything we owned and our houses in a matter of two weeks and that's why people think like we were kind of crazy because it's like wait so you in two weeks sold everything you owned and your houses and moved into an rv yeah but thinking about it now not being the pandemic and the kids being back in school and back in sports and extracurriculars and all that do you think you would enjoy it now like now you've been in a house with your no. three kids and a lot of space <laughs> i think it worked perfectly at the time because yeah. they were a little bit younger at the time they were i guess well i had a kindergartner i had one that was in like the four-year-old class in preschool and i had a three-month-old mm-hmm. and so the three-month-old i mean you can stick those anywhere he wasn't moving around yet mm-hmm. he just had a tiny little mini pack and play that he slept <laughs> in and the boys each had a bunk and so they, it was good because they had their own room and their own bathroom. Mm-hmm. The baby didn't need much space. And then they could go outside and run as much as they wanted. And they had that little building that was like just a playroom. Yeah, like a playroom. So all their toys were in there. So when they needed time, 
they weren't really like playing in the RV. It was just family time. It was like our, you know, cozy time mm-hmm. at night together. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we were outside. But would it work now? I don't think so. Some people, and I got really into this at the time, they do it full time. Mm-hmm. They go around the country and travel with their kids and homeschool. And I can see where that would be really fun and appealing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do it every day. And especially if you're stationary, yeah. because I feel like with, I'm, I feel cramped in my own house sometimes now that I've moved back into a house. But I think also part of it was like, yeah, you feel cramped in your house, but I do. I, I really believe that it's also because of like your stuff. You feel smothered oh, sometimes sure. by your stuff because it was freeing to just have nothing. Yeah. Than what was in your RV. It was. Cause we had like eight plates, mm-hmm. eight bowls. Yeah. No glasses. Yeah. I mean, you just literally had the things you need and everything in your RV served a purpose. It had to serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. The way you stored it had to be intentional. You had to find lots of different uses for things. So we had less clothes. We just had less everything. It was so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. It was similar when we lived in New York in our tiny yeah. apartment. Mm-hmm. I had a rule if I bought anything, I had to get rid of something. That was our rule Because we just in the RV didn't too. have space for it. Yeah. How, how many so. square feet was your apartment? It was less than 400 square feet. See, that's her RV. Our RVs were like 350. So yeah, it's, it's probably about the same. But yeah. Okay, well then I can understand that, that that's doable. Yeah, yeah, and it was. And like, they, like they're really nice now because that's whenever we, because I was staying in the hospital with Kristen whenever she um, was having like her studies for her seizures and we were in the hospital for like five days we were like just plotting planning first we had to even call we were like hey dad we've got this crazy idea could we both sell our houses and move on to your property but then we had to convince her husband James who he didn't grow up like we grew up camping so we kind of knew that it could be a luxurious luxurious experience if you do it right shocked y'all grew up camping oh no we always did yeah but um so we had to call James and James was like no, we're not living in an RV. And I was He'd like, never really been in one. Yeah. Though. So that's what I thought. I was like, James, let's go look at RVs. You're not understanding. Like, I think a lot of people think it's like a glorified tent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, most of them aren't nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we went and looked at him and he was like, oh my gosh. He's, He's like, like, why do we even have a house? Right. These are so much nicer. He's like, this is way nicer than our house. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. My parents lived in an RV for nine months because they lost their house. Well, their house flooded during Hurricane Harvey. Mm, and so they hard. had to gut it and remodel. And they lived in an RV in their driveway mm. the entire time. And we stayed with them once in mm. the RV. They actually, at the time, they slept in their gutted house <laughs> in just like a bed in an empty concrete room. <laughs> so that y'all could so sleep, in the, could RV. sleep in the RV that with our nice. kids oh at the time. Gosh. Um, but yeah, I think they probably had a, like it was nice to be like minimalist for mm-hmm. a while, but after nine months they were like, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're ready for our house. I could definitely, we were only in the RV because then the house next door became available. It went on the market and we were like, well, that is the perfect solution. Right. This will be great. There's a basement. Megan can stay in the basement. We'll have the upstairs, which is one level. So I won't have stairs to deal with while I'm mm. still dealing with this. We're right next door, so we're close, but it's it just like worked out perfectly. Yeah. But we had been planning on staying longer, but I was only in mine for like three months. I so I could see where, six. yeah, I could see where like a year would be, you'd yeah. be done with it. Three months was probably the perfect time. It was time. the perfect. Yeah. You yeah. like didn't have enough well, time to get tired of it. Mm-hmm. So you just have good memories of and it, it. Right. And no winter. And it also, Kristen and I, we look back at this time and compare it to a time in our childhood where we lived in a hotel for a long time. True. Well, not a long time, a summer, but it felt like a long time to kids. And so we always talk about that. It's like the kids are going to grow up being like, remember we lived in an RV? And that's how it's been our whole childhood. It's like, remember that time our house burned down and we lived in a hotel for three months? (laughs) And it was 
the best summer. It was really fun. Because you like you were living in a hotel. I mean, have you seen Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? It's like or Eloise. Yeah. Yep. It's like it was literally the best time ever. <laughs> it was. Well, and making these big <clears throat> impulsive moves, it's not unusual for us or for our family. So yeah. as soon as we rolled it out to the family, like we called dad first, obviously, to see if it was okay. And he was like, Yeah, of course. I'll start working on the property. Mm. Do what you have to do. But don't do anything you'll regret. Like, yeah. you know, this could work. I can help make it work. You don't have to sell. But if you want to, sure. And then our mom was a little bit like, <laughs> well, hold on. You're uprooting your whole life. You have your nice house. Just consider it before you make this big move. But eventually she was on board with it, too. Yeah. And we all just went with it. Any other question? I haven't listened to the other podcast about RVs. But what came up in the other podcast? So in the podcast, they were talking about kind of the rules mm-hmm. about where RVs are allowed to park. Mm, okay. And we are familiar with the rules. I'm not, I don't really have a true answer, but basically a lot of RVs are parked outside of, they're parked outside of Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell's house. Yeah. And they're really run down and they're, rented out by a guy who owns all of them yeah and it's it's legal but like people think that it shouldn't be legal that you can't just have your rv parked anywhere you want Mm -hmm. because like the ones outside his house like they're doing meth in it like he knows (laughs) they are because like they leave the doors open all night and it's just like three guys living in there doing meth well, and that and is a problem that we did run into because it's not legal here either. <laughs> <laughs> well, while our dad lives on 15 acres where we had the RVs, I mean, obviously we didn't want to be right butted up against his house. So we were out like by his property line, which unfortunately meant we were butted up against like the backside of his neighbor's house. And his neighbor did not like that. He did not like that we set up a tiny town village. He sent <laughs> a text when, when my there. RV was delivered. He sent a text that said, WTF, are you going to tell me what's going on over there? It's like a trailer park over there now. And so Although it caused a whole fair, commotion. Where that house is, is still what, like a yeah. few acres? Yeah. From yeah. Where There's your like RVs a full, were. at least two acres. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. get it. It wasn't like the most pleasant thing to look at. But if you drive through the neighborhood, there everybody has an RV park. Well, and two yeah. wooded acres. It's not yeah. like it was even a straight shot. Yeah. So then he asked us to put up a fence and trees to block it. So we did. Yeah. So but he still a whole, was never happy. Which the fence isn't better to me. I feel like right. it looked better just looking at our RVs looked nice. It's not like they were junky ones. <laughs> it was a nice trailer park, okay? <laughs> but- okay, but that, that is my question is that a lot of people don't like these like run down RVs and that they can just be parked anywhere yeah. in some places. But I disagree and I'm so surprised that Dax was saying this because he grew up poor. Like why mm-hmm. if someone can't afford a house but they can't afford an RV that can't move and it's just parked somewhere like why can't they live there? I think because there's there are septic tank issues that you have to work around or like the No, they just you couldn't get it hooked up mm-hmm. and pumped out. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. Okay, but I but also was he saying that it's legal because I think the vibe that I got from that episode was that it's not legal, but it's just so far down on the list of issues that they can deal with like it's like, you know, it's Los Angeles, so there's drugs yeah. and rapes and murders, and nobody's worried about the people in their RVs on the side of the road. But I think it should be legal. I think if an RV wants to park on the street, why can't they park there? If it's not because too much of the 
Right? It would get so icky. Well, and it is. Well, can we wait? Can we just step back a little bit and say that what we're referring to is an episode from Dak Shepard's yeah. podcast, Armchair Expert, but it's from David Ferrier, and they talked about yeah. RVs and the RV culture in America, and that's kind of what we're referring to is what they talked about in that episode. So tune in after you listen to our episode, Flightless Bird by David Ferrier. It was a Flightless Bird episode, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I, I think I, they, there are public safety. Mm-hmm. Concerns, yeah, because think I about think. okay, so think about how you would feel. You live kind of like out in the middle of nowhere, um, but streets are still public property. So, how would you feel if at the end of your driveway, all of a sudden, four RVs pulled up and a band of homeless men just live there now, or people doing meth? Yeah, because yeah, it is your property. So, how would you feel? No, it's not my property. I mean, it would be on the street. I wouldn't love it. But they, I'm sure, make their way onto your property to and wander and explore and well, stretch yeah well and if you had kids too mm-hmm. and it would make you feel uncomfortable about having someone who's possibly dangerous being that close mm-hmm. i mean i do feel but very like judgy well it's also a little bit more dangerous too because you have propane attached and they're very easy to blow up so if it was a rich person <laughs> in a nice rv they could park no no i'm saying any rv house? like any rvs were like a huge risk as well like you had to have the windows open when you had the heat or that you were cooking or any kind of propane was being used because it can so easily like blow up basically i mean they are just more dangerous yeah but they still are used well, across I'm, the country they are but i also just think that out in the woods though well, and I just think that no, at, people use them to travel with and to yeah. live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you should park it in a campground. Yeah. Somewhere where it's approved, where they have the facilities to maintain. Yeah. Because if I mean, if this goes too far, you're just there's just going to be uh, RVs on the side of the road everywhere you go. Well, and I, it is like a, a snotty elitist mentality. But people who live in a neighborhood who want for whatever reason they move into that neighborhood, maybe because they like having their (laughs) cookie cutter homes right next to each other or because they like having a farm with a bunch of acres, they would say like, I bought this property because I like the neighborhood and the view and having uh, RVs right outside your house would be like, if you knew that that was going to be there, you wouldn't have bought a house in that location. It affects your property value. Yeah. But then you're having to move because of that. Well, and can you sell your house if there's RVs set up right right outside of it? It would bring your value down. That I hate this excuse. I hate when people talk about this, about bringing the value down. And like, this isn't that all what gentrification is? It's like just pushing out other people like. Well, yeah, I think I think what you're upset about is the fact is the housing market in America and that there's like no affordable housing anymore. Yeah. And if people can afford an RV, let them park it wherever they want. Well, I agree. If they can afford an RV, let them park Not it and live in it. House. But here's but- the problem is that <laughs> it's actually very hard to live out of an RV. Like there yeah. are very few places that will let you park and live out of an RV. We That's what she's saying. She way. wants to be able well, to But I, I agree. I think there do need to be more opportunities for that. But yeah. I don't think everywhere. Like I think maybe there should be RV communities where you can buy in, buy a lot, like $20,000, buy a lot, have your RV set up there and then live there. Well, but also I'll say this is that RVs are not that cheap for a nice some, one. Some are though. But yeah, no, but and cheaper than a house. Yeah, cheaper than a house, but... Obviously, no. The whole podcast was about how you can get it from between 5000 to $5 million. So like, yeah. if somebody can afford an, for, 
$5,000 and that's their house for the rest of their life, great. Like, I'm telling you right now, whatever your RV you're getting for $5,000, you're not going to want parked outside of your house. And it won't last the rest of your life. Money, people who can't afford a house, an RV can be their house. Like, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I think there does need to be better infrastructure for RV livers. There's a word for them. What do they call them? RVers? Full timers. Full timers. Full timers. There's like a whole community of people. Yeah. Some travel and some are stationary. And they it's a huge complaint across this community that there's just not a lot of places to park. People are not that welcoming to Right. RVers. Because if you're parked in a campground, the idea is that you're like transient, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like people coming and going. So, yeah, maybe there does need to be communities of full time well, I mean, RVers. Are trailer parks. Yeah. yeah. Which would be similar. It yeah. is similar. I don't know what the difference is. Like, what would they let an RV live in a trailer park? I don't, I don't know. know what the difference. I don't know. Sure. I mean, I know normally like a trailer is like stationary. It doesn't. Well, remember because we had even talked about. We looked at. Yeah. With dad, we were like, should we just look at a trailer? Yeah. Because you and can there get was a nice a trailer also. You yeah. Can. Trailers can be really nice. Right. And we looked at that, but there was a reason that that wasn't going to work. I think it was like larger, it, and it yeah. wouldn't. You it, can't it, transport it, yeah. and I don't know. Yeah, it was just a more difficult. We even looked at tiny houses. That mm-hmm. was the first idea. Yeah, I almost bought but a tiny house. Much more expensive. Remember that tiny house we went and looked at for me? It was so cute. Mm-hmm. They're just much more expensive mm-hmm. and harder to move and smaller. Well, I do think there should be better housing for mm-hmm. everybody. I agree. Yeah, I but think that's I also the main issue. am an elitist snob who doesn't want a bunch of trailer parks parked outside of my house either. Trailer parks, RVs. You RVs. Know what I'm saying. If you have room where it's not so obvious, like in in this neighborhood, a cookie cutter suburban neighborhood where you barely have room to park on the street right now we're at megan's house and we have <laughs> mm-hmm. we've had to like eke out little spots on the street for parking so there's obviously <laughs> no room for rvs here it wouldn't work here out where we live like hillary zoe and i like i think we all have space where you could have an rv and hide it and it wouldn't be an eyesore so i think it just depends but that's our story of how we temporarily lived full-time in rvs I remember last week you said that you had a story to tell oh, us about poop. That's, that's right. And I am yeah, I'm So very now eager that we've hear. now that we've talked about how we handled our RV poop, I would love to hear something about your poop. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, well one time I went to Costa Rica and came on my honeymoon. I said you came on my honeymoon. Oh yes, okay. One time, <laughs> one time you were on the Peter and Hillary's one honeymoon. Time I was on my brother's honeymoon, <laughs> as you know. Uh, when I came home, I thought I must have a tapeworm or mm. a wild bug living in my stomach, and so I went to the doctor, and they set, took they sent me home with a little cup with a little spoon in it and said take a stool sample and then drop it off at this place so i took the little cup i got my stool sample i packed my bag for a whole day's worth of activities this was in new york it was a very hot summer day i walked to the doctor's office it was like 15 blocks away so you packed your poo is what i packed saying. my poo yeah ready to go <laughs> the drop off place was not open on the weekend. And I was not going to let this deter me. I was not going to walk 15 blocks in the opposite direction 
to go return the poo to the fridge. In what mechanism were you carrying the poo? Was it like in your purse? In a bag? Okay. Just loose? But also, you can just refrigerate it if like you can't drop it off? It couldn't be sitting in the heat for the rest of the weekend because if I had... It said on the the like mailbox thing that you put it in, don't put it here on the weekend. It's not going to be collected. But also just classic Zoe just pooping and then thinking you can drop it off on a Saturday. That's such I, a Monday through Friday But activity. it is New York. I mean, the city that never sleeps. I yeah. guess. But that's like, that's just such a Monday through Friday activity. <laughs> well, I didn't know. They told me to do it and then to take it there. Mm, okay. So what so happened? I put the poo back in my bag and I headed downtown and me and my sample had a full day. We went to a thrift store. <laughs> Your sample had a full little, day. Like, oh my outdoor garage sale thing. What was that called? In a flea market? Yes, we went to a flea market. <laughs> <laughs> we had lunch together all day long. My little did you put your little sample out on the table to have lunch with yes. you? It's you like a flat Stanley, together. but it's poop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you really? Take photos together? No. Okay. <laughs> but I still remember the frame I bought that day, and it came with like a really creepy girl in it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what happened to the poop? What a special day you had. I did. Nothing was wrong with me. And I you live to tell the tale. Wait, just, so did you just have to get another sample? Like you, that poop was a waste. I'm not sure what I did. <laughs> I might have put it back in the fridge and then gone and dropped it off on the Monday. Oh my oh gosh. gosh! So it's probably not even a good sample. You probably right. do have a tapeworm ten years later. Maybe, but also now that I say this, I took a stool sample from my cat and dog a month ago. And again, I didn't drop it off, and so I put it in the fridge, and I... It's still in the I, fridge? In oh, no. That's so not That's good. just bad. <laughs> it's not going to be fun good to come home to. nothing else in my fridge. <laughs> yeah, good that thing. is true, but... And good thing it's not in the fridge your roommates are using. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. That's just bad, Zoe. I wonder how long you can refrigerate poop. Has like, a three-day expiration date. I mean, it's it's sealed pretty tight. How did you get the samples? I never take the samples from my animals when they say you need to. Wait, how did I get the sample from who? The cat and dog. What do you mean? You go outside. You just where collect they go. it from the grass. I can't. You I don't can't get do it that. from their butt. I can't do that. What do you mean? Don't you scoop it in a plastic bag? Yeah, but I, I then couldn't put it in a cup and carry it around. Right. You just like you, you have the no, bag I inside have little, out, and you just. I don't no, want. there's a little cup with a spoon on the lid. No, you know, you know. Spoiler alert: that if you just take your dog to the vet, they can like scoop, scoop their butt and get a sample. But so they gross. didn't. I didn't take the dog to the vet. I took the cat to the vet, and they said, "Go get a sample from oh. your dog and your cat, and bring it back to us instead of bringing your dog in." Mm, I'd be like, "I'll be right back with my dog," <laughs> <laughs> and you can do what you wish to him. <laughs> All right, guys. So are we ready to move on to our advice segment? See what questions people have for us this week? Yeah. All right. Hillary, you want to go first? Sure. All right. Let's get down and dirty. All right. This is from a woman who says, I'm a mom of two. I have a teen boy and a young girl. I have a lot of guilt for being a quote unquote mean mom. Mm. I can be impatient, yell and argue with them way more often than I'd like. I'm so worried my oldest will graduate and I'll never be able to build a close relationship. Can you help? 
Did she say how old her kids are? Yeah. A teen boy and a young girl. Teen boy. I'm assuming close to graduating mm-hmm. since she mis- mentioned graduating. And she's it's worried hard. about being a mean mom. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because mom guilt, you just have literally no matter what. And we all have guilt for being mean at times. And we all lose our temper at times. And I think that's normal. And if you do, I think it's important that you then, I know I've lost my temper and then gone to my kids and like, I'm sorry, I should not have yelled. I was upset. That's not okay. You know, and that's good for them to hear you recognize that and apologize. But I also don't know like how mean she's being. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to judge based on this question. But like you said, I was going to say the thing that helps me when I lose my temper, which happens and I'm short and we all have our days and our moments and we don't always control our reactions or react the way we want to in the moment. I apologize to my kids all the time. And then I'll sit and explain and I'll say, I'm sorry I lost my temper. What happened was not your fault at all. You have no ownership of how well, I... sometimes it's their fault. You, can, you control how you act, but I control how I act in response. So that is never your fault. That's always me. And just because you're doing something doesn't mean I have to lash out. So, I mean, we have these talks a lot and I think they're getting to the age where they understand it a little bit better. And then the advice I'm always reading on the internet is if you're even asking this question, if you're ever worried about your parenting, you're probably a good parent because people that are bad parents are not out there saying... Oh, what if I'm worried about being, you know, like I'm worried I won't have a close relationship with my kids or I'm worried I'm a mean mom or I'm worried about yelling at my kids. Like the ones that are worrying about it and asking the question are probably the good parents. Well, and I will say also is when you think back to your childhood, do you like remember all the times your mom yelled at you? Like most of the time, no. I do. <laughs> but it's in her uh, journal <laughs> right but i would say like most of all what stands out are the good memories that you have you don't remember all of the times that your mom was stressed out had a short fuse and lost her temper you know you know and in hindsight this is an unfair burden i think that moms carry because i was disciplined equally by my parents and yet to this day and as a mom now i'm noticing that i remember so much more of the good stuff that my dad did the fun stuff and in my memory i'm like where was mom and then i think oh that's right she was inside packing the bags she was buying the groceries she was making the meals she was doing all the stuff behind the scenes no wonder he looked so fun he was not doing that stuff right mm-hmm. so i think and i have that happen now where i'm the one that's always planning doing the birthday party shopping packing for trips And, you know, it's easier for, I think, just the division of labor naturally kind of falls that way in a relationship sometimes. Whereas you're like, dad, get out of here with the kids and go do something fun so I can get all the work done. Right. Take them for an hour to the park and I'm going to pack five people to go on a vacation or whatever. Right. So I think dumb dads. No, I just think maybe (laughs) being it's something I try to tell myself too, like trying to be more present in the fun stuff and carving out fun and not just being the one that's like the nagging mom who's keeping the family on the rails. I don't know. It's hard, but maybe looking for time to just have like fun time with your kids. Yeah. And let's say she is being really mean and she's, you know, cussing stop, out her children. Stop doing or, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, I think in, everybody has things they need to work on and mistakes and you recognized it and that's the first step. And then if you're worried about your relationship with your children, talking to them about it, maybe going to counseling for your family or with your children and, if you've really like hurt the relationship, it's not too late ever to work on it. And so then great, you saw this and now you can find get professional help and talk to them and also like, you know, be accountable for your actions. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> Agreed. Yeah, I totally agree with the not too late thing. I think a lot of people view childhood and it's like an 18 year period, but it goes on forever. You never stop needing your parents. Mm-hmm. And so you can always fix it. Okay. Uh, do you want me to go? Sure. Okay. Next question. This is actually an am I the asshole? My mom handed me her phone to text my sister something while she was driving, and I saw their previous text between them talking shit about me. I didn't scroll. It was just there. When it came up, my sister screamed at me that I shouldn't be snooping, but I didn't because my mom literally handed me the phone. I felt very gaslit. No apologies from them, and I'm very hurt. Am I the asshole? No. No, you're not the asshole. If you weren't snooping and you just found it naturally... And also, why is your mom and your sister talking crap about you? Mm-hmm. That's a toxic cycle. They say it's actually codependent and a parent is parentifying you. If you, as the parent, go to the other child about the sibling. Like if you're someone that's as a mom, you're venting about one of the siblings to another sibling. It's really toxic and really manipulative and yeah unhealthy so no you're not the asshole here definitely not the asshole my feelings would be hurt if my family was talking crap about me behind my back and only do it to her face right exactly exactly so no i don't think you're the asshole and i think that you should be hurt and i don't really know how you resolve that because i don't really know what you do when you find out your mom is talking crap about you that's That's hard yeah definitely confront them talk about it let them know how you feel right and just let them know that you're hurt like you weren't snooping on purpose but yet, then you start another thread with your dad about how much they talk some crap about them. <laughs> Go snoop through their phones. Yes, I, I don't think that you're the asshole. No. Your family needs to explain themselves. Yeah, definitely. I would confront them and just let them know, even if they're mad at you, you're still hurt. Next question. Okay. All right. Oh, Megan, I think this was basically written to you. Okay, I'm ready. It starts with, how do I get my cat to calm down? Oh, I... My boyfriend and I recently got a kitten. For the first couple weeks, it was super calm and chill. But lately, it's become very wild and aggressive. It's constantly attacking us, fighting, always hyper, destructive. It's a a complete 180 from when we first adopted it. We've watched videos, read articles. We've done everything we can think to help the kitten calm down, and nothing's worked. Do, Do you have advice? We're exhausted, and we just want a nice cat. Zoe's raising raising her hand. Okay, well, is this how old? How long have they had this cat? It seems like just a few weeks, a month, maybe. Okay, kittens, once they get older and they're teenagers, like from six months to a year and a half, that is a psycho cat. It's like having a puppy. And people Mm -hmm. think that like kittens are just like, oh, play, 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 fall asleep. No, they turn Mm. into like a teenager cat. Yeah. And they're terrible, and you have to get through it. Like you have to get through the puppy stage, or the toddler or teenage stage, and I yeah, real exactly. babies. Mm-hmm. And I sympathize with you because I am in it. But the only thing that makes my situation worse is I got two kittens at one time because you go to the shelter and they're like, "Oh no, you should adopt kittens in pairs. Kittens in pairs is the best way to do it. They can entertain each other." But no, 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 no. They just cause trouble together. It's like having two criminals in my house 24-7. But you recently got oh, cat pheromones, right? Yeah. So there are, I did read on the internet because I was like, same as you, sister. How do I calm these mother effers down before I kill them? Um, and everybody recommended these like little, they look like scent plug-in, like plug-ins. Uh, but they have pheromones in it that are supposed to calm your cat down. 
And I mean, I can't, I don't know. I can't say that they don't work because how bad would they be if I didn't have three of them in my house? But maybe they work. Maybe try that. Some cats are just higher energy too. I adopted two kittens this summer and they're pretty low energy. They just, honestly, they just nap all day. But you're not with your cats all day. No. But so you don't really know how wild James they is are. down there all day with them. Yeah, but they don't, you don't have the plants to knock uh-huh. down and the... There's a lot of toys see. and stuff on shelves, though. Yeah, but you're like in a safe space. But he's down there with them and they're really like just napping in the sun. Yes, but if they were up in... I don't like know what your, they do at night, though. Yeah, the mine go nuts at night. And yeah, if they were in your living space where it wasn't just in like a basement play area where you probably wouldn't notice if toys were knocked off the shelves mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But yeah, it's like every morning I wake up and plants are knocked over and furniture is knocked over but they've had the best night you have the happiest cats megan so oh my god they're just they're buttholes they don't even they're not <laughs> even they will grow out of it yeah it's that's the what, same as a puppy mm-hmm. yeah that's what gives me hope is that maybe one day there'll be nice senior citizen cats that just want to sleep all day but until then i mean you're just in it go get another cat from the shelter so that they can play with each other and keep each other entertained <laughs> <laughs> put all your plants somewhere safe yep i only have three pa- plants left in my house and they're up on my mantle where the cats can't reach them get some pheromones and then just suck it no, up get an exercise wheel suck it up let the cats be kittens and let them grow up and you have to deal with it you you adopted kittens yep they'll, they'll grow it just true. get them toys get them a little tree to climb get them a little wheel to run on oh yeah. i will say and i sent zoe this this week so my official advice Look up one fast cat wheel. I want to get one of these. It's like a big cat wheel that your cat can run in and it supposedly helps with like their, like it helps them get their bad energy out. But Zoe said she didn't think it would work. Well, not all kittens like that. Like I think Bengal cats Mm -hmm. can learn to run on that, but you might not, your cats might not take to it and it's an expensive toy that they might not like. It's true, but I mean, my cats are very bougie. Yeah. Bad and bougie. bougie. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I should name them. Oh, you should. (laughs) You're bad and you're bougie. (laughs) That is perfect (laughs) names. Can we change it? Bad and bougie. I love those names. Okay, I have a good question. Okay. All right. Lay it on us. I am 39 years old and single. I have some coworkers who are a little too worried about my dating life. They are always asking me who I'm dating and wonder why I'm not married yet. I feel like I have to answer their questions and stand up for myself. Do you have any thoughts on navigating these conversations at work? Make it really awkward and say something like, I'm just asexual. (laughs) (laughs) i love to like because people are always asking really inappropriate things about when are you going to have another baby when are you going to do this just make it awkward for people and they'll stop asking i'm the opposite i just don't care what people think because like as someone who is in her 30s and unmarried sure sometimes people ask i'm sure people ask you zoe the same but i just don't like i'm just like i don't i'm living my life i enjoy my life don't worry about it if i'm not worried about it you shouldn't be yeah I kind of I take that approach too lately just feel like just being blunt and honest and then Mm -hmm. they kind of can't go anywhere and honestly I feel like that makes them feel awkward sometimes because I get the Mm -hmm. having another baby thing and oh why don't you want more and blah blah and I'm like oh I would love to have more but unfortunately I can't because I'm sick so yeah thanks Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) no you know it's like put it back on them people have been asking inappropriate questions for way too long and I think if we just 
put it back on them with the blunt, honest truth or something mm-hmm. that will make them feel like they're being put on the spot. Yeah. They'll stop doing it. I don't know. Yeah. And you can always ask them questions as well. True. You know, a lot of people who are in relationships aren't happy. Right. Ask you know, them about their sex I life. I was about to say, if yeah. they're asking you about your sex life, ask them about theirs. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Be like, oh man, I know I'm not married and I've, I've just heard rumors that people stop having mm-hmm. sex. Like how often are you and your husband having sex? Right. And mm-hmm. I hear there are, there's a rise mm-hmm. in swinger relationships and marriages. Have you guys thought about swinging? <laughs> <laughs> then you might sound like you're like advertising yourself. No, also, I would I would love to see Kristen and Hillary, who are like the two probably most polite people <laughs> to, to people's faces, like go up to people and ask these questions. <laughs> like, tell me about your sex life, Karen. <laughs> but I will say I can. I agree with you. Like, I am polite to people's faces, but I do have a lot of uh, boundaries and opinions that come out when I feel like people are being inappropriate. If that makes sense. Like people can trigger my boundaries where Mm -hmm. I will lash out in a way that's defending myself. And it, it almost comes across as harsh. Yeah. Because it's like, I hold it in for so long. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I really think here you go. (laughs) So I don't know. So don't get to that point. I'm not advising that. That's not good. Just be honest. Honesty is always the best. And, and set a boundary, you Mm -hmm. know, too, if it's really bothering you and they're not stopping, then just say, you know what? I don't want to talk about this at work. Yeah end of story Mm -hmm. and then don't cross that boundary and they'll have to learn to respect it yeah totally absolutely there are a lot of i will say there are a lot of very bored people in corporate america who come to work and their main thing at work is just gossiping getting the scoop on people Mm -hmm. spreading that gossip and it's like their reality tv it's like what they do for fun well and also i will say this is that a lot of people just aren't great at small talk and so a lot of it is just like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. this is like what people know to talk about. So they probably don't mean anything by it. Don't get offended by it. But just also feel confident in the fact that if you're not married and you're not interested in dating right now, that it doesn't matter. As long as you're happy, who cares? Yeah. Don't let their opinions or their questioning make you feel small. All right. And that's all we've got this week. Thanks so much for submitting your questions. If you would like to be featured next week, be sure to submit your questions on our website anonymously at sistersnotsaints.com. You can also follow us on social media at Sisters Not Saints Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And ah, fudge. It's not Twitter. It's TikTok. <laughs> we don't, we're not on Twitter. We're not on Twitter because we're millennials. Um, so catch us next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.